Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Copon. Swifts turn in the heights of the air. Higher still turn the invisible stars. When day withdraws to the ends of the earth, their fires shine on a dark expanse of sand. We live in a world of motion and distance. The heart flies from tree to bird, from bird to distant star, from star to love, and love grows in the quiet house, turning and working, servant of thought, a lamp held in one hand. Welcome to Cop on Podcast, you delectable dollop of melted chocolate. Our opening lines this week were from the poem Distances by the wonderful Philippe Jacotet. My name is Owen, and thank you so much for tuning into Copon. I really mean that. It's a delight to be cooing into your oracles once more. And although distances may be separating me from you and you from your loved ones, I trust you are all staying in, staying safe, washing your hands, and holding up that lamp of hope in one hand. This will all be over soon enough. In this episode, I was boops a daisy to be joined by Dave from Dave's LFC Chats and Brian in Hong Kong. And we discussed the COVID situation in our respective countries, how to stay positive in this situation, uh, and what transferred we'd transfers we'd like to see for Liverpool this summer, and some that we wouldn't like to see, and much, much more. And so, without any further beating around Kate or her bush, here we are. Enjoy. Marvellous. So here I am in my kitchen um, with my computer on my lap because my neighbour has started power washing. Uh, well, I say started. He started, it seems, about three hours ago, and he's still at it. Um, uh, but so I'm delighted to have escaped into the kitchen with a duvet over my head to protect you, you, the dear listener, and your precious ears from the sound. Uh, but uh, I'm delighted to be joined by Dave and by Brian. Dave's in Ireland. Brian's in Hong Kong. And we're going to talk about uh, the situation, what's going on where they are. We're going to talk about the footy, uh, you know, or the lack of. We're going to talk about transfers. We're going to talk about furlough, which is a new word for me. We're going to talk about uh, all kinds of things going, getting into it. But uh, I just want to start with uh, with Dave from Dave's LFC chat. Absolutely marvellous to have you with us and this COVID-19 nightmare situation despite the madness outside. What's going on in Ireland, Dave? Yeah, it's great to be here, Owen and Brian. Um, I'll tell you, it's it's like a Twilight Zone. It really is. It's, it reminds me of an episode of the Twilight Zone in the 80s. I used to love watching it, where you, you go asleep and you wake up and you're in an alternate universe. It is just crazy. I mean, who would have thought back in even January, early January, that three, four months later, we would be in 
lockdown. Over here in Ireland, um, we've been in sort of a semi-lockdown for the last three or four weeks. We, I think about a week ahead of the UK, we closed all the pubs. And when the pubs close in Ireland, then you know it's serious. I mean, like, you know, <laughs> the pubs and clubs shut. Everybody went, what? Um, obviously, all the other things like libraries and uh, playgrounds and stuff like that, universe, universities, schools, they all shut a long time ago. It, it's surreal. I mean, I'm only back. I, I went up to um, get a bit of shopping in and I was stopped by the police on the way. But a big roadblock. It's like something out of a movie. Being stopped by the police asking me, where am I going? And am I doing an essential, you know, trip? I said, I'm just going for a bit of shopping in M&S. I'd shown you up the road. It was within the two-kilometer zone, which they have set up like a two-kilometer zone from your house that they don't want you to sort of go outside that two kilometers other than essential. Like if you have to work or you have to go to a pharmacy or have to go to get a particular shop. But I explained to them that I had to go and just get a you know, few days shopping in and they were grand about it and stuff. But it's just surreal. Imagine being stopped by the police asking them, they're asking you where are you going like you know what i mean and you're not doing anything wrong but um yeah it's crazy uh other than that everything's grand it's just trying to fill in the time um that's basically i have a little girl here at home and uh, lucky i have a decent sized back garden where she can run around i mean a little dog and we could do a few things like that and play and skype call friends and stuff like that but other than that it's crazy and to be honest i think it's going to go on for another few weeks i, I really do i think it'll be all of April, possibly even all of May before anything happens. I really do, but uh, safe and well so far. Well, I'm very glad to hear that you're all safe and well. And, uh, you know, it's nice to have a garden to play around, you know, with it, like you were saying. So that's, that's you know, we've got to stay, stay positive, don't we? We've got to try our best to stay as positive as possible. Brian, are you staying positive? What's the situation out in Hong Kong? Ah, yeah, we're, um, we're, we're in a relatively good situation here. I, I never thought... <laughs> You know, six months ago, I'd say I'm so happy that I'm in Hong Kong, you know, when we were going through all the, the craziness of what's happened in the city before. But yeah, here we are. Um, we, we, we were doing very, very well with this thing. We, we've been uh, dealing with this since this, around the second week of January. So this has been going on quite a while over here. And, uh, I, you know, we're used to it now. And uh, I think we're kind of in a lucky situation because the numbers are quite low here and they have been for a long time, with the exception of about two weeks ago, there was a big spike because uh, they announced that they were going to close uh, the borders or something like that. And so 100,000 uh, people from Europe actually surprisingly came back to Hong Kong, I suppose, returning Hong Kong people and the numbers kind of shut up a little bit. But, you know, it's, it's grand. It's no problem. You know, we're... we're, we're uh, we're dealing with it. I think initially it's, it's a bit of a shock to the system, really, for everybody any, around the world when this happens. And you, and there's a sense of like, you know, um, you know, you worry about your family getting ill and whatnot. But, um, you know, what's what I've learned over the past five to six months, it's it's amazing how quickly you get used to really bizarre situations. <laughs> so um, so we have we've got used to it. And uh and we're, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot of good things are coming out of it. You know, I think uh, a lot of people are reconnecting with family more and people are kind of chilling out a little bit, taking the, slowing down the pace. You're not worrying. It, not, it feels like we were all on this mad run, you know, trying to, you know, get the next job or do the next thing or whatever. And now everybody's just been forced to kind of just nice, just relax a little bit, you know. And so, um, so yeah, we're just writing it out. I mean, I, I, I'm, almost certain that uh 
this will be another eight weeks for sure. Uh, I think over here, probably a bit shorter because we're quite a, we're a little bit ahead of the curve. Um, but our curve is not going down yet. Um, but uh, yeah, now overall, grand. You know, we're, 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 we're so far so good. Well, that's, uh, that's lovely to hear. Yeah, I'm very glad about that. Um, yes, so far so good. Yeah, for me, the, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, I've got to say, I'm a bit jealous of, of Dave and his two-kilometre zone because uh, there's only a one-kilometre zone in Paris that you're allowed to go out. But uh, me, I'm, uh, I'm staying in as much as possible, of course. I've only been out about four times in three weeks even to go out for walks and stuff like that. But uh, but no, you've got, to, you've got to cope, you know, you get used to it, as you say, Brian. I've got loads of people contacting me for lessons, for English lessons. So my days, I'm actually busier than ever, which is uh, which I feel very, very grateful for. And we've got to count our blessings, don't we? But something that we can't get away from as Liverpool fans is the footy. And missing the footy and of course it doesn't make sense to to you know to overblow the importance of football it is just a game of course of course but that doesn't stop us missing it does it um i don't know dave how much are you missing it i mean this is the weekend when we could have played uh, city you know we could be the champions um it's uh, i don't know it it it, it does you know what's the word it it sort of stabs at your your heart a little bit not not necessarily stabs but pokes at the heartstrings a little bit prods at them well of, of course i'm missing football and as you said you have to put things into perspective i mean football's a sport it, it it you know it's not life or death whereas we're dealing with a pandemic a world global pandemic which is life and death obviously that's that's more important I know the famous Shankly saying, but uh, to be honest, I, I disagree with it now because obviously life is more important than football. But football itself is very important, um, especially in Ireland and England, even more so. Because, but sport in general, worldwide, is important. It's a social fabric, you know, it, it it brings positivity. It brings people together. You know, it, it, it's it's more than just the game. It's more than just the sport. It's more than just watching on television or going to the pub or even going to the match itself. There's a lot of friendship involved. There's a lot of, I mean, socially, if you took sport out of humanity, let's say, I'd say you would have a totally different, a different humanity going forward. It's cultural. So sport is hugely important and there is no sport. The Olympics is being called off, tennis tournaments, Wimbledon, everything, basketball, soccer, football, Gaelic, everything, every sport you can think, maybe even chess is called, well, chess definitely would be called off because it hasn't got the two-meter uh, social distance and you couldn't play chess, <laughs> could you? <laughs> or tiddlywinks. But, uh, no, but it's, it is important. And I miss it, like like you and the lads, of course. Um, but we have to put it in perspective um, and just say that, you know, life and health, your health is your wealth. It's, health is much more important, but... We shall see. There was a big meeting yesterday in the Premier League, of course, but they didn't really answer a huge amount of questions. You know, there was more questions coming out of it than answers. And they're hoping to finish it behind closed doors in, in the summertime. But it all depends on, on this pandemic. I mean, it's all it's all up in the air. It's all guesswork. Nobody knows. No, nobody has a clue until this curve is flattened, as they say. And they will not play nor kick another ball until it's safe to do so. And I cannot tell you when it will be safe to do so. 
which leads on to the question then, Brian, as to, um, you know, what's what's going to happen? I mean, surely, I mean, we spoke about this a little bit last time, of course, but um, the rumours of that the league will be cancelled are, are getting stronger. Could it happen, Brian, this 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 terrible situation where they, they might just avoid uh, the season? I mean, since we last spoke, of course, the Belgians uh, have voided their season, or well, not voided it. They've they called it to a close, and they said, "Well, this is the final league uh, league table." So Simon Minule, congratulations to him, gets a league winners medal in the Belgian league. Um, but um, I don't know. Can it happen in the Premier League, Brian? Um, um, uh, yeah, look, I I'm not. I'm perplexed at why. Well, I'm not perplexed. I mean, I think the the football media don't have anything to write. So this is the only story. So it's like, is it, is it not? Is it going to happen? And they just keep spinning it, spinning it, spinning it. For me personally, I think football will be played when it's safe to play football. It's it's literally that simple, you know. And, and, and when it's safe to play football, I think it's in everybody's interest, particularly the larger leagues. Um and I hate to say it, big business, that this league gets finished. You know, that's just my gut feeling. I, 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 I trust my gut. It's usually, usually accurate. I just, I just sense that people are going, oh, people are going to caught up on the timings and when this is going to happen, like it has to happen by a certain time. I don't think it has to happen by a certain time because it'll happen when it happens. Like if we, if we can get the get, if we can get the season, or we can get football back and running. Um, you know, early June, because there's going to have to be a preseason before the uh, before football starts again. These these teams are going to need to like have at least two to three weeks of, of another preseason before they can get on a pitch and start playing competitive football. So you're looking at like at the earliest June before they start kicking the ball again, if things kind of calm down. And um, so, I mean, I've heard like what I've heard, which has given me uh, encouraging feelings is the one that UEFA has come out and said, you know, if you cancel your league, you will forfeit your European places because UEFA wants these leagues to complete. Um, I, I think the logical uh, solution for me anyway, I and mean, just putting the whole Liverpool winning the league title to one side as well, just, you know, uh, being totally pragmatic, I, I think uh the best solution is that they finish this particular league. And if that cuts into next year, then you, then you have, you know, special rules for, for next year. And that way um, it causes no problems because nobody can have any complaints either way for next year, but people can have complaints for this year if they decide to null and void it. But like, who, who are they? I mean, who, who nulls and voids it? That's the, another, that's another uh, discussion to be had because it's the EFL, it's the FA, I don't know. I mean, just one other thing I'd just like to add about football in general. I think it's, oh, look, we're all grown-ups, we're all sensible people. It's okay to say, I miss the football. You know, I think the saying, the fact that the whole, um, this is my opinion anyway, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's all this horrible stuff going in the world. It, it, it makes football even more important. You know, it's it just really underlines how special football is. I mean, it's it's like it's community. It's take it's replaced family in many places. We live in such a uh, a, a polarized, separate, you know, you know, lonely world sometimes. 
And sometimes football is the only thing that gives you a sense of, of community and a sense of shared identity. And uh, I mean, you know, outside of football, I'm a reasonably sensible person, you know. And uh, when people see me watch a football game, they're pretty shocked because I just turn into a crazy person. Like I, I just start screaming and shouting at the, at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I really get into it. And I, and I just really realized that football is just, it's stories. Uh, you know, I've been watching um, Sunderland Till I Die at the moment on Netflix. And I just, it's fabulous, isn't it? It really is. It's It's everything that football is. It's just... It means so much uh, to everybody because it's a distraction from the from the drudgery of the grind, you know. Uh, and life is a grind, and and football is is a nice, tasty piece of drama that drops on your lap once or twice a week, every week. And uh, so I think I think you know, I think it was Paul Machen that said, uh, "Look, we don't we have to stop." We don't have to um, preface every conversation that we have, uh, like, oh, obviously, you know, there's more important things, which is true. You know, it's true. But we, we all get it. We're all in the same struggle. You know, we're all we're all trying to get over this thing together. I think it's OK to love the football. It's OK to say we want it back as quickly as possible. Um, and uh, yeah, my I, I absolutely firmly believe um, because I've been following this thing clinically <laughs> i'm a bit of a health nut anyway so i've been following the virus and the numbers and everything and we've been through this before over here in hong kong um, in 2003 and uh, these things tend to follow a very predictable curve you can you can you know if you look at the uh the data crunchers uh the, the modelers and the, i think a, a report recently came out from united college london i think which are, i think one of the best modelers in the world when it comes to uh, epidemiology, I didn't say that word right, I, I apologize. Um, they've basically suggested that um, the numbers in Europe are, are like, I don't want to scare you boys, but it looks, they're suggesting it could be as bad as like one in every 10 people in Europe have caught this thing right now at, at, at present. And because the numbers that everybody mentions are the numbers of people who've been tested, not not the numbers who are actually out there. And by those kind of numbers, this is really dependent on, on countries locking down properly. Um, you're looking at about a, a four to six week um, curve of a of a sharp rise. And like I think I think Spain, touch wood, hopefully may have 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 gone over the over the over the peak and it's starting to come down. When you start to see uh, uh, numbers where I think the, the cases of new infections uh, starts to drop then usually nearly more times than not that that doesn't that doesn't uh, change it doesn't go back up again it, it continues to drop and if we follow those kind of trends and what's happened in the past i i really think we're looking at um midsummer um and july where actually football games will start to be played again so but i mean obviously i preface that with you just don't know um, but a lot of smart people are suggesting that, that life, because life has to return to normal, not just for football, but for everything. You know, there's only so long that um, you can you can put things on ice in terms of infrastructure and whatnot. And uh, I think the new reality was this thing will probably be around for a while and probably around for two or three years. But I think the, the, the year number one was always the worst one to deal with. And touch wood, if we can all keep safe for uh, another uh, six weeks, I think we'll be over most of the worst of it. Um, uh, but I'm not a doctor, so don't take that's probably all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's very interesting. It's, it's very, very, very interesting stuff. But if, if, let's say you're right, so let's say we can start again in in July, that has that it's not going to be as simple as that for for football because so many contracts run out, Brian. In in in, in at the end of June is the end of the uh, end of the year, the thirtieth of June for players' contracts. So if we've got nine games to play, and let's say we can kick off again in sometime in the beginning of July, then I don't know. Adam Lallana's already moved to Bournemouth, hasn't he? Yeah, again, looking at the curves, looking at the projected uh, models, etc., and all this, like I think Europe, most of Europe is in the same boat in terms of when this started over there. And, uh, you know, I would, if, if I was, like, I think governments will start to come out um, mid-May, mid-May, and say, okay, it's, it's, we can start to cautiously return to, to, to normal life again. And June first, all you know, everything will be back up and running. You know, just with 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 the proviso of like, just be safe. You know, wear masks, or wash your hands, that kind of thing. But you, it's it's reasonably safe to get back out there again. And then, yeah, I mean, I mean, my my wife's in teaching, right? And so, um, you know, we we've had all these students from all around the world who've just sat their exams, and they're like, "What do you do? How do you do it?" And I said, "Well, these are." These are extraordinary times. We've never been here before. So I think in every facet of life, um, organizations, institutions are having to make one-off decisions, you know, um, just to deal with this bizarre situation that we find ourselves in. I mean, I find it really shocking how badly managed the world is. It feels like the world is living paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> and and uh, it's something like this just you know, just puts us on the edge of oblivion. And we, we literally have just shut the world down for, I don't know, six weeks, and it's really creaking. You know, it, it just shows you how precarious the whole thing is. Yes, perhaps one good thing that can come out of it is a reorganisation of certain things and the way that we do things, because, um, I don't know, without getting to, into it too much, it does seem that a lot of people are struggling. You're absolutely right with this just uh, just a few weeks um, yeah, wow, interesting stuff. Loads of stuff to talk about there. But the one thing you mentioned is is UEFA um, and some some light at the end of the COVID tunnel um, appeared on the BBC website on uh, the third of April. I forget what day it is today. It's the fourth of April today that we're recording this. So yesterday, UEFA lifts the Saturday three o'clock football blackout in England and Scotland. This is a story by Simon Stone of BBC Sport, and he says UEFA has lifted the ban on showing games starting at 3 p.m. Um, so it is seen as the first move towards restarting some domestic competitions in the UK behind closed doors. Dave, um, are you optimistic that it's going to happen uh, sooner rather than later, or are you uh, entertaining ideas that the whole season could be called off? Um, to be honest, we're living in such a weird, crazy, precarious, ridiculous time. I, everything has to be on the table and everything's possible. Um, that three o'clock thing where the games could be shown in the UK was actually 
you were allowed to watch the games in Ireland, in the Republic of Ireland anyway. We used to get a game on Sky at three o'clock, even up until uh, when February. Um, so you were able to watch them. The old three o'clock, well, I used to love the old three o'clock on a Saturday anyway. That's the traditional time to kick a ball. Whether it's going to happen or not, I just, look, this disease, COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, part of the coronavirus family, I know a bit about it because I've been following a guy called Dr. John Campbell on YouTube since January when it first hit. Um, it came out of Wuhan and Hubei province in China late December 2019. So that's where the 19 comes from. Um, it is super contagious. It is flu-like, but it is not the flu. It's anywhere between 10 and 15 times more, more uh, deadlier than the flu. The flu, I think, is 0.1% uh, CFR, a case fatality rate, where this has anywhere up from 1% to 1.4% uh, case fatality rate. So it is super, super contagious um, and dangerous, especially to older people. But as we've seen in a few people in England and France, a few younger people have died with this without um, any having underlying conditions. Just, just probably their immune system was too strong and fought against it. And if you have a really strong immune system, it can actually work against you with this. And it, your lungs can become super inflamed and you can actually die from your own immune system attacking you. Um, but so it is really dangerous. And I, I think a lot of people didn't really take this serious. I mean, look at America with Trump. I won't mention much about Trump, but he was doing a, a show, a show, it's like a show on CNN yesterday. And he was doing one of his talks and he just likes to take over the podium, you know, and they were asking him about masks and should you wear a mask, should you not wear masks? And the CDC, Dr. Fauci, who's the main guy, the main medical, like the chief medical officer in um, the States was saying like the day before that he, he would recommend shutting down America, locking the whole 50 states down and wearing masks. But he wasn't allowed to go to the, the podium yesterday. Maybe he got slapped by Trump. But uh, and Trump turned around and says, well, I won't be wearing one. So there's there's an example straight away. There's your example of, from the top setting the example wrongly. I mean, he shouldn't even have said he won't wear one, even if he wasn't going to wear one. But but just by saying I'm not wearing a mask really puts out the wrong the wrong thing. And I mean, he was called at the flu in February as well. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. But sorry for going on a rant about COVID-19, but it is it is the topic. But other than the Premier League, will it come back? The other thing I was I had a, did a video with Chris Pajak from Redman the other day on my channel and we were talking about this very thing of the Premier League coming back in either June or July and as Chris was saying like when you think about what they might be doing they were thinking about setting up like um like World Cup camps like the way the players go away for a month and they're trained the trainers the players the whole squad and maybe 100 staff go with them security everybody go to a camp they stay in they stay in isolation for two weeks before they go to the camp so when they go to the camp they're not bringing any of the coronavirus with them. So they're all tested. So when they go to the camp, it's in total lockdown, the camp. And then two weeks later, they play games indoors, behind closed doors, with no fans there. That could work. But see, all you need is one or two either players or one or two uh, of the training staff to get a test positive. And the whole bloody team, everybody would have to go back and lock down for two weeks. So it's, it's really, really going to have to be Done. I don't know how they're going to do it. I really don't. But as Brian was saying earlier, um, you know, no matter how long it takes, we should just wait and sit and just wait as long as it takes. If it goes into next season, just just this season has to be finished for the integrity of the league. Um, you wait for we're saying if they don't finish the leagues, the top five team leagues, especially if they don't finish, they could be 
dropped. There's coefficiencies involved for Europe. There's European places at fault. Even the money for the Premier League. I think they would stand to lose something like a billion pound if if the league was null and voided anytime soon. And as you can see with with teams, a lot of lower league teams, a lot of lower Premier League teams could not afford it. The top teams would probably get away with it, but the lower league teams just couldn't. They did a good thing yesterday as well. They donated twenty million pound Premier League to the lower league teams in the Championship and the leagues, the leagues, the lower leagues, the English leagues, um, and I think one hundred and twenty-five million uh, donated as well. So they've been doing a lot of good stuff, but there's just so much conjecture. I just don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know whether anybody knows if the league is going to go or if it's going to be null and void. I hope it is. I don't want to win the league. I'm 30 years waiting on this league and I surely don't want it to be null and void after having such a fantastic season. Will it go ahead in the summer? I hope so, but I just don't know. Well, it's a very good answer. Um, Liverpool, quite rightly, all kinds of plaudits from all around the world for our season, for our football. And another guy who's got the plaudits is Jordan Henderson, the captain of our team. This stuff makes me smile. Absolutely lovely. This is an article from Andy Hunter in The Guardian. He says uh, Jordan Henderson has contacted his fellow Premier League captains to organise a coronavirus fund that will raise millions of pounds for the NHS, in case our listeners hadn't heard that story. Absolutely beautiful stuff. And uh, in, in true Jordan style, um, he uh, apparently he's a bit, uh, it says in this article, Henderson is unhappy that news of his plan broke before the fun had been established. I'm correcting Andy Hunter's bad grammar there. He needs the past perfect, but there you go. I'm talking shop on the podcast, cop on podcast. Uh, but uh, there we go. Um, the past perfect is a tense english tense english language um anyway uh, but uh, so he was unhappy that the news of his plan broke but his plan warms my heart hendo's getting everybody together raising money for the heroes the nhs that's absolutely fabulous but um i'm going to steer steer the talk away from the covid and the, and, and the plans and the strategies and all that stuff um but simply i will say this though dave about what you were talking about with chris paper on your channel everybody should check that out dave's lfc chat uh brilliant stuff and um yes the idea i've i've, I've heard of this as well that uh, that uh, footballers can spend a couple of weeks in isolation to get fit again and then play the matches behind closed doors of course the difficulty is is that they're not robots and they have to eat and uh, you know it there's all manner of ways in which you know the, the virus can spread with food and with packaging and, you know, they're going to need a chef and they're going to need, I don't know, all kinds of things in their life, just like we are. I mean, we don't have chefs, but we still got to eat, you know, um, they're, they're just the same as all of us. So I don't see how you can actually, without sending them to the moon, you could actually put them in isolation, but then even then some of the p components on the rockets might be carrying the virus. It's absolutely, I just don't think that plan is viable. Um, but anyway, let's let's talk about footy. Let's talk about, let's uh, talk about our dreams. Let's imagine when this, when, when this is all over um, and transfers can start again. Now, we've, we've had a lot of time to think about the current state of Liverpool, um, I was very uh, honoured to be asked to, to, to do a video, uh, to be part of a, a team of fans doing videos on the 
uh, Liverpool Echo website, the Blood through the Blood Red podcast channel, um, in which we were asked to to give our opinion on the transfer we would like to see this summer. And I said that um, uh, I would go for Jadon Sancho because I think this is realistic for for one. I think he could come. I think he would be interested. Um, uh, and I think uh, he's uh, he's an absolute phenomenon as well. If you look at his goals and assists, it's around about 14 goals, 15 assists in 23 games. And he only turned 20 years old 10 days ago. And I think that really he's, he's because he's been away in, in Germany, people haven't realised just how good he is. So he would be my pick. Um, for the summer, although of course I do have to caveat that with the idea that we have to trust Michael Edwards, um, you know, who is a genius, and maybe this guy um, has, you know, has some magic up his sleeve, perhaps, you know, the best idea since the Pope took Michelangelo into the chapel and said, I think we need to do something with this ceiling. Brian, who would you pick? for your top transfers, uh, you know, your one target for the transfer window, if you could choose anyone. <laughs> Just love that ceiling comment. Uh, I think we should use Dulux paint, <laughs> Michael. What do you think? <laughs> um, That's why Michelangelo got the job and you didn't. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> Durex paint or Dulux paint? Well, you know, different prices, <laughs> different finishes. <laughs> um, oh, let me see. Well, I i mean, you really sold me on Timo Werner last time we spoke. Uh, you, you described him as, um, who did you, what, you described him with, like, uh, Firmino with pace? or, or No, who, who, how did you describe Insigne. him? It, it was insignificant with pace. With pace. Oh, my God. I just... There's like hearts came in my eyes almost immediately because I, you know, I've been dreaming of Insignia signing for Liverpool for years now. I've been thinking he's a perfect signing for us. You know, he, well, he was a perfect signing. I don't know if he's still a perfect signing, but definitely two years ago, I was thinking he's a good guy to get in because he can play across the front three and even drop a little bit back. And, you know, he, he put pressure. He's he's up there or just thereabouts with the, with the guys we've got at the moment. And uh, when you said he was like him with pace, and I thought, wow, brilliant. I think we should go for him. And I think we should go and get Kante. Just put a marker down. I really think we should go sign somebody from uh, one of the other uh, so-called big clubs uh, who is still relevant um, and uh, really underscore we are the team now. We're the, we're the number one team. Uh, but they wouldn't could... sell to us, Brian. They wouldn't sell us Kante, would they? I, I, yeah, I know, but I'm playing football manager in my head now, so I'm not talking about oh, okay. realistic targets. No, no, I don't no, know. No, realistically, realistically, who who would you say? I mean, would, would, do you think it's realistic? Do you think? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I mean, player power is 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 really big now, you know, and uh, I I genuinely think all football players want to play for Klopp. Right. And I think all football players, whether you're a Liverpool fan or not, the whole Liverpool project right now, to use a really horrible term, is just so attractive to a footballer. Everybody would love to be part of this 
adventure that we're all going on right now. And money's not a problem, right? And uh, how we structure the money's not a problem because uh, Michael Edwards is just a, is a genius. Um, so I would say, why not? I mean, he's the one player that consistently, uh, I just, I think, oh, he, he would do, he would fit in to our team so well. Personally, myself, I don't know. I personally think we need, we need. Um, there's three players that we need. We need somebody up, up, uh, up front that can put some pressure. Who's there? About, who in the same kind of ballpark as the top three guys? Um, not necessarily at that level, but somebody who's knocking on the door. Um, we definitely need to sign that player. And then we, I would go and sign um, a player of, of of real, real, real quality for the middle of the pitch. Um, I definitely think there's a space there for a, a big signing um, uh, there. And then we need we need uh, some left back coverage. Coverage. Um, they, they're the three. They're the three signings I'd like to see um, uh, in in the summer. Whenever the whenever the transfer. Um, uh, embark when they ever transfer season starts again. I mean, I, I'm, I'm overall I'm happy with the squad. Uh, the only part of the squad that I'm not happy with is is the left back and the, and the, there's no real pressure on the top three. Uh, middle of the park's pretty good, um, but you know, I, I to be honest, you, Owen, I, and uh, Dave, I haven't really I haven't really thought about it. I've just been I've just put football on ice for a little bit um, in terms of. Like who's coming in, who's going out? Because, yeah, I'm just trying. I'm waiting for, to see the chink of light uh, that shows me. Yeah, this is the this is the route we're going to take. This is when it's all going to happen. This is when it's all going to fall into place. Because as as you alluded to earlier on, there's just so many logistical nightmares um, that's happening right now um, with football in general um, in terms of like. I mean, we're kind of in a reasonably good... We're in a very good situation because we're a very well-run football club and we have some very, very smart, financially sound people running the club. Um, but I have um, I have spoken to people in business who have had dealings with people in football over the years and they've said to me, it's jaw-dropping how badly run these places are. Um, and I just watching season two of um, of Sunderland till I die, and uh, you know the new owner goes in there, and he's he's going through the well, I think it was the CEO, he's going through the books, and he's like scratching his head. <laughs> there's, like, there's so much bad, you know wastage uh, all over the place, and um, you know the elephant in the room for me with football is. I would say that there's probably half the football clubs in the Premiership, maybe less than that, maybe forty percent of them. They're probably all like they they've worked their business models, their their revenue models, their their financial models are probably based on the fact that nothing like this is ever going to happen. So when it does happen, they're so they're leveraged so highly that I just wonder, you know, the next big story in football would be there's going to be some big big clubs. I think go under, <laughs> and then if that happens, where does that put us in terms of the league and restarting it again? Not to throw a complete spanner in the conversation, even though I just did that. <laughs> oh, oh no, Brian! No, 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 no! We're not going to go down that path. We're not okay, going sorry. to apologize. Speculate <laughs> on uh, on the you know this is not Black Mirror. This is <laughs> Cop on podcast. We're going to try and stay 
uh, away from the uh, what's that word with the d um okay. dystopian futures canty yeah. canty i want canty and I, I, canty I'm... good okay yeah. fine. <laughs> and the lad you said that's really fast i want him as well <laughs> okay. okay great good answer excellent fabulous stuff dave what about you what uh how, how you feel about the transfers in the summer if you could sign any player who would you sign or players um, the one thing I would sign as quick as possible, but it would probably take a good year to get him, is a coronavirus vaccine. But um, <laughs> yeah. other, <laughs> other than that... For, for left back, left back. Uh, I, no, I'd, I'd have him throughout the squad. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so then everybody's covered, every position's covered. But um, no, um, more seriously, um, Timo Werner, Timo time for me would be, because of the fact that I know there's been a lot of talk about him, for nearly a year now, we're talking about Timo Werner. But just the, everything, he ticks all the boxes. He's a club player. He's pace. He can finish. He's intelligent. He's good on the ball, good off the ball. He drinks plenty of Red Bull, runs around like a lunatic. You know, he, he's hungry. He's young. German international. Just, he would be absolutely perfect for Liverpool. Uh, whether it happens or not, I don't know. This, this pandemic, this global pandemic has just thrown a spanner in everybody's works, to be honest with you. Even transfers, I'm sure. There's probably a lot of transfers. Transfers are usually six months to 12 months in, in, in the offing. Like They're not usually, we'll think of him and sign him next month or next week. They're usually months in advance. And I'm sure a lot of clubs, Liverpool lucky with plenty of money, but a lot of clubs probably had a lot of transfers and they're looking forward to maybe getting them in June or July and all of a sudden everything's on hold because of this pandemic. And they're probably wondering... Maybe we haven't got the money to sign these players now. I'm not saying it's Liverpool, but I'm saying a lot of teams, I'd say a lot of transfers are up in the air. I really do with, with this um, conundrum, if you want to call it, that we're in. But one player I would really want would be Timo Werner, as I say, because he would suit us. We're fairly solid in a lot of our other places, a fullback as well. But the other thing as well, though, is it depends on who we sell. It depends who leaves. Um, Lalana, Lovren... Uh, maybe Divock Origi. It depends who goes um, before who comes in. But I'm sure Liverpool know who they're letting go. Genie signs a new contract. Will he or what, won't he? I mean, there's a lot of ifs and buts and maybes. Um, and so it's hard to say. But in, in, in a perfect world, definitely uh, some fullback cover. And uh, Timo Werner, because he could cover a lot of positions. And as I say, he's a really, really top class player. Timo, Timo time for me. That's a very good answer. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'd be very, very happy um, with Timo as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I said it last time. Um, yeah, I mean, he's terrific. I mean, I wonder if we could sign Werner and Sancho. Wow. But let's go through a few rumours, a few wild uh, rumours. Um, <laughs> a couple made me chuckle, I have to say. Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling. Now, I wouldn't touch, it's not that I wouldn't touch either of them with a barge pole. Um, if I happened to touch any of them with a barge pole, I would, I don't know, I would I would throw the barge pole into the canal and, uh, I don't know, try to motor my way out of there as soon as possible. Um, Harry Kane, for me, is not ha hasn't been the same since I think it was a an ankle injury of, of about two years ago. But of course, the English press haven't picked up on the fact that his goals uh, have, are not drying up, of course, but they, they, he, he's gone down in terms of uh, production and he's more often injured and uh, he never really had much pace anyway, but he's lost that now. And uh, Raheem Sterling, whose form has been 
pretty diabolical since he decided to pick a fight with Joe Gomez, the fool. And um, uh, I just think, uh, you know, and but he was saying how much he loves Liverpool. I mean, if anybody, you know, misses, has missed the uh, the general <laughs> sense of feeling of emotion uh, that uh, Liverpool fans have towards him is perhaps Raheem Sterling. I mean, I don't hate the guy, of course I don't, but I mean, it's, I feel the same way about him than I do about Torres in that he left us for a rival club in the same division. And for me, it's hard to forget that. But Kane, Sterling, uh, William, I read two days ago to LFC, um, or a return for Felipe Coutinho, um, there are four rumours. I'm going to go back to you, Dave, for this one. Four different rumours. Kane, Sterling, William, Coutinho. How long is your barge pole? <laughs> no, 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 no. I can't tell you that. My wife is listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm going I'm to hit on one or two really good ones here. Kane, there's no chance. As you say, his form has dipped so badly. He'd be better off doing his Olympic dive, and he already has two gold medals. Um, Sterling, unfortunately, has dipped in the uh, markets, as in the trading markets, as well as on the football pitch. So Sterling has gone down the hill. Uh, Coutinho, to be honest, I, I actually, I, I know I'm probably amongst not many Liverpool fans, but I would take Coutinho back. He gives us something different. Remember when he played for us, he was unbelievable. It's still, I think he's, he's still 27. He's still got a few good years left in him. He was unbelievable for us. He'd give us so much going forward and, and in the midfield. He'd just give us that X. He has that X factor. There's not many players out there that have that X factor. Plus, he would just fit back in because he knows the Premier League and he knows Liverpool. I know a few Liverpool fans have a problem with him, but I think he would be an absolutely... I'd take him back. The only issue is there, I think Barcelona owes about two-thirds of the, the transfer fee still for that, that they haven't paid off the two-thirds of the fee yet, but that could be a bit problematic. Uh, Will I am, I think he's in a band, the Black Eyed Peas, I think, is he? Um, he's a good player, a lot, a lot of energy in midfield, a Brazilian international. I actually wouldn't mind him, but I don't think it's, it's, it's a possibility. Out of the four, I think the only possibility, and it's a stretch, would be Coutinho, because he would be, he knows Liverpool, he's loved and unloved. I mean, he's got a love-hate relationship with Liverpool's fans. But I, I, I love him. I, I think he was brilliant at Liverpool. I really do. He made a mistake. The grass isn't always greener, as he's learned on the other side. But he would give us something extra going forward next year. Imagine Coutinho and Werner now coming up for next season. Now, that would be beautiful. I have my opinion on Philippe Coutinho, um, but I'm going to keep it to myself for now. Uh, I will tell you in a moment, but I want to ask, go to Brian on this one. Felipe Coutinho, Brian, uh, does it does it tickle your pickle? <laughs> uh, sorry, my microphone. Yeah, it's a, it doesn't tickle my pickle. My pickle is tickling right now. It feels a bit tickly, I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Too much information, um, but yeah, I I love Filippo Coutinho. Uh, you know, I, I love him. I think he's great, I, and I think you know I forgive him in a heartbeat. I'm like we've had this conversation. He's from you know he's from Brazil, Barcelona, blah blah blah. Okay, no harm, no foul. Come back, all is forgiven. It's all right. Don't worry about it. I think he would be taken into um, the hearts of uh, fans so quickly 
so so quickly because um yeah look it didn't finish ideal i think you know uh you know he he you know it never look when it ends it never ends well it doesn't matter what it is whether it's football or anything else it's very rarely is it does it end smoothly and uh yeah there was there was a couple of things when when it was ending that weren't i weren't ideal but you know i mean in terms of like players in world football right now who would effortlessly fit into our plans and what we do and and everything and i just think it's very difficult to look past him um because i i, I he's never struck me as a player that's johnny big boots you know um i think he'd be happy to come back into the squad and earn his place. He can play in the middle of the pitch. He can play on the left. He can play on the right. He can play in the hole. He can play all over. He's a good lad. Uh, you know, he's well liked in 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 the, in the, um, at the club still. Uh, Klopp loves him. Klopp didn't want to le- lose him. So you know, if you believe the public statements, etc. And if we could get a good deal in terms of the money. Um, I would say go for it, and even the money's like I think we'll we'll be on the we'll be on the right end of that deal financially, no matter what. I don't. I think Dave Edwards will, or sorry, Michael Edwards will will um will definitely be able to um, negotiate something there. So I mean, I think all the other ones are like, yeah, no, Sterling, that's never going to happen. Uh, Harry Kane, no, <laughs> Harry Kane is never going to play for Liverpool. You know, neither would I want him either at this stage. That would be just like. Uh, Andy Carroll all over again. Just <laughs> no, don't want that. Sorry, pass. Uh, we've moved on from that. Uh, I mean, he's a good player and all that, but yeah, no. The idea of I, I think I puked in my mouth a little bit when I just think of Harry Kane with a Liverpool top on. You know, it was like, ugh, this is bad. Uh, but okay. Coutinho, <laughs> uh, oh, it'd be great. I think it'd be great if he came back. I really think he's one of the players that the fans would forgive him so quickly. All he would have to do is say, he'd have to release one press release going, oh, I'm sorry, got it wrong, but I'm so happy to be back. And they were like, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Good luck, you know. And and uh, so we'll see. I, I, I personally would love to see him back at the club. It's a very, very interesting answer. Um, I asked Twitter, uh, you know, the font of all knowledge, uh, um, you know, quoting the, the stats from the Bundesliga, which are true, if you believe Google, as I do. Um, he has eight goals and six assists in 22 Bundesliga matches this season. Contrast that with the Champions League, where he made seven appearances with only one goal and no assists. But eight goals and six assists in 22 matches is, is pretty damn good, really. Um, and uh, I just asked simply, would the, would the Twitter Twitter artic? Uh, take him back, and uh, it's split 50-50 between yes and no. Um, but I think you're right, Brian. I think all will be forgiven, or would be forgiven very quickly if he joined us again. But uh, there are rumours that he would go to Chelsea, and if he went to another Premier League team, that we we would, uh, you know, that would feel sick. Uh, of then I'd hate him. Then I would yes, hate him with exactly. every fibre of yes. my being. Exactly. This is how tribalistic we get as football fans. But uh, no, it's, um, I don't know. I can't see it happening. I don't think it's realistic that uh, Jurgen Klopp will uh, forgive him and, you know, sign him again. He doesn't like to 
work with players he's worked with before, but I do have a, just a sneaky feeling in my gut. Uh, we talk about guts, so you were talking about guts before. You always trust your gut, Brian. I, I don't always trust my gut because it tells me to eat far too much chocolate spread. But this time, my gut says um, that, yes, I would actually take him back just for that link-up. I believe he had something like 12 goals in 20 games and about uh, 15 assists in 20 games before he left for Barcelona. He's only 27. The world's got two or three years left of Felipe Coutinho when he comes back, and I just think he might be a man on the mission. And I know that there'll be 50% of the listeners who will be, you know, slaughtering us in their minds for, you know, not mentioning the fact that he had a, you know, he faked a bad back and all that stuff. I know all that. I know all that. But um, I just, you know, thinking of him, how awesome he was teaming up with our front three again, the Fab Four with Van Dyke and Alisson. Um, I think, yeah, I'm going to have to stop talking about it because my mind, I, my mind is just coming up with too many pictures. It's hard to come back to reality. We're, um, we're all getting too excited. We're all getting far too excited. Far too excited, Dave. Far too excited. So let's talk about things that are less exciting, which is the idea for me of Willian to, to, to LFC. Um, I've got his stats in front of me. Just in the Premier League, um, he uh, hasn't hit more than eight goals uh, ever. Um, his most amount of assists ever is seven in an entire season he got eight goals in 34 matches in 16 17 uh, and he got seven assists and six goals in 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 36 matches in 17 18 uh, this season in 28 matches he's scored five and assisted five these are not the numbers we need these are not the numbers um and I know he's a useful player, he's a very good team player, very good link player, but we've already got Bobby as one of those who streets ahead of Willian. So Willian can can do one, as they say, and I'll leave it to your imaginations how excited you are to figure out what that one means. I've got no idea. Um, so anyway, thank you very much, gentlemen. I mean, we're, we're, nearing, we're nearing the end. Um, I just want to, I have one more question. Um, techniques and ways to stay positive in this uh, situation. Brian, you've been at it for longer, being in Hong Kong, having a problem since uh, way before it hit Europe. So what are some techniques to, to stay positive? Um, well, uh, da, 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 da. uh, well, I've got a couple of ki- young kids. Uh, one's my uh, two daughters and one's like, uh, 11, the other one's eight. And what we found really helps is when every day we, 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 we play some sports together. Um, we, we go and play some tennis or play some badminton or whatever. We're lucky we've got some facilities here that we can do that. But even just playing a board game together, if you, if, if you're with other people, um, do that. Um, I am. Um, uh, it doesn't sound like this, but I'm actually a meditator. So I've been meditating. I meditated for years, and uh, I find that 
it helps me center and put things in perspective. So I start I start the day off with a I meditate for twenty minutes most days, and then I finish like before dinner. I'll, I'll meditate as well, and uh, I find that kind of just kind of it takes the edge off. It kind of um, you know you, you I I one of my advice to you because we we've, we've been through a lot here in Hong Kong over the past year is. Um, just it's okay just relax it's fine just take i think once you're as long as you're kind of keeping doing the right things in terms of keeping yourself safe um making sure you kind of get enough sleep and uh and just know that it'll be okay you you we'll, we'll get through this absolutely 100% we will all get through this there will be some sad stories along the way such as life um and uh you know touch wood hopefully that's not to any of our listeners out there who's listening to this but um you know worrying about things incessantly is not going to help you and uh so you just got to chill if you've got kids at home now i would relax the rules you know things like don't worry about the schoolwork as, as much as you've you've done in the past you know do what you can um if they if they have to stay up a little bit later let them stay up a little bit later just just uh don't be trying to control things as much as we normally do and just relax a little bit because we, you know we've got about six weeks more of this uh, hopefully um maybe two maybe two months maybe you know eight weeks and it's you know just um as much as you can um get a little bit of exercise each day try to slow down try to not think take things too seriously try not to control things as much and uh you know we, we, we'll all get through this together very solid advice there brian thank you very much what about you dave how what's keeping you going how are you staying positive in all this um i'm just i'm as you know i have a youtube channel dave's lfc chat so i'm doing a few videos podcasts stuff like that I, I like YouTube for watching documentaries and stuff. I've got a little girl, uh, one child, nine-year-old. She keeps me going, I can tell you. Um, meditation, a bit of meditation, actually, what Brian was saying, a bit of meditation. I'm reading a book, actually, as well. I'm re- I don't read too many books, but I'm reading a book for a podcast I'm hoping to do when all this dies down, um, a book written by Nicky Tanner, who, if anybody remembers, was a Liverpool uh, centre-half we signed from Bristol Rovers in 1988 and played with Liverpool, I think it was till 92. He played uh, 50-odd times for Liverpool's first team. He was a good player, actually. I, I, I didn't realise how good he was. He, his best season was the 92 season, 92-93 season under uh, Sunis. But um, I have his book, From Field to Anfield, it's called. So it's a very good read, and I'm hoping to do a podcast with him the next month or two when this dies down. So I'm studying his book. But other than that, a bit of meditation, documentaries, a bit of reading, my little girl doing a few things with her, walking the dog. We've got a little dog, Luna the dog, a little lunatic of a dog. So things like that. On um, it, It's amazing trying to fill your day, though. I mean, my job closed over two weeks ago now, and my wife's in college, but she's doing her college from home online, which helps. But... We're lucky in the fact that we've got modern technology. We've got Skype. We've got Zoom. We've got YouTube. We've got Netflix. We've got all the subscriptions. Realistically, we'll be okay. And as Brian said earlier, it's all about staying safe, washing your hands, social distancing, flattening the curve, 
And it's listen, we'll come out of this stronger. I think we I, I guarantee we will come out of this an awful lot stronger than we went in. But just everybody who's listening or everybody who likes this uh, podcast, stay safe and just follow the guidelines and we'll come out stronger on the other side. That's great stuff. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Yeah, I don't, don't have much to add to that. I mean, I don't have any children, uh, but I do. Uh, I don't know. I don't I don't uh, I don't meditate. I have to say, although I'm very much, uh, you know, I admire people who do very much respect that and uh, um, I just uh, I don't know I, what, what am I doing to stay positive I'm trying to exercise every day I'm trying to um, you know learn new things bits of languages um, I'm about to become a Maltese citizen because my mother is Maltese hopefully that will come through um, sooner rather than later so I'm trying to learn a bit of the Maltese language which is a fascinating sort of uh, language very similar to north african dialect of arabic uh, and uh, mixed with italian um so uh yeah it's kind of funny uh but i don't know find something that you're interested in uh even if, if it's obscure like learning maltese and uh, keep doing it this is because uh, this is all um the way that we're all going to get through it and you're absolutely right gentlemen we're going to get through it we're going to get through it stronger than ever and uh, keep the faith and uh, if you're ever feeling a bit down, just think of Hendo doing the Hendo shuffle and lifting that Premier League trophy because it is come. It is come. Um, thank you very much. Thank you very, very much, gentlemen. Um, I'm going to go now. I'm going to have some more uh, of the Mexican chili that I cooked, um, maybe with a, a jacket potato for my dinner. So thank you very much. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, keep washing your hands, as Dave said. Stay safe. So that's just about all we've got time for this week. But just before the altar boy of this episode snuffs out the candles all around it and goes back to the back room to slip off his vestment, let me just remind you that you may hurl us your insults to coponpodcast at gmail.com. You can block us on Twitter at coponpodcast or you could support us on patreon.com forward slash coponpodcast. Thank you so much again for listening. I really mean that. I love you all. Chin up, everybody. Chin up and anon, my dear, loved listener, anon.